0: It's Friday night. It's the Preview Show. It's the No Nay Never Podcast.
2: Hello and welcome to the Preview Show brought to you by the No Nay Never Podcast. I am your orchestrator for this evening natalie bromley but joining me is the headliner himself the main man our very own resident statistician dave roberts dave welcome back to the freebie show
3: hello natalie good to be back
2: it is good to be back how are we feeling in the doom and gloom that is burnley at the moment dave come on put put us in a good mood tell us something uplifting and inspiring
3: you want an inspiring stat oh i don't know about that um um i'm not sure no, right, maybe
2: just tell us that everything's going to be OK.
3: You want me to lie to you?
2: <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. This is a terrible start to the freebie show. If poor Dave's having a wobble, then we've got no chance. Um, I know we were we were being a little bit optimistic weren't we, last week, saying we were going to get a result. But it, it was disappointing all the same, wasn't it, that Chelsea result?
3: Uh, it was, yeah. I mean, we, we started off reasonably well. We sort of hold, held it together for the first uh, 25 minutes or so. Um, and then we had that spell, you know, uh, last 15 minutes of the first half and just after half-time. And uh, well, no coming back from that, even at 2 nil down at half-time, it looked like a, a really uphill challenge. And then to concede so soon after half-time, it was uh, really much game over at, uh, at that point, wasn't it, uh, in my opinion? Um, I mean, you, you can argue over the, some of the VAR decisions that were going on, the off, marginal offside for, for the goal that we could have scored. And and maybe for theirs as well, there were one or two. But I think at the end of the day, we just didn't perform to our best. And it's a case of uh, hopefully back to home turf and uh, be able to make an improvement on Sunday.
2: Yeah, I mean, it it feels to me like the VAR. I know we we both pronounce it different ways, but to me, VAR seems to be gaining traction for all the wrong reasons at the moment. It feels like there was a certain level of tolerance for it at the start of the season, but this just seems to be. A, a momentum of hatred towards it, and and I think the offside rule is one of the things that's antagonising people more than anything. I mean, the argument we keep hearing, Dave, is that it's bringing consistency, and every you know that's the the bar that we're setting. But it, it's just well, number it's rubbish, it's rubbish. and number one, it's <laughs> you know the technology that they're using isn't good enough to make a decision at that magnitude you know that 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 literally hair's breadth of of an offside it's probably inaccurate because they're not using it's only got eight frames per second and you need something like 32 somebody said to me somebody knows more about this than I do um 32 or 36 something and and it's not just that Dave it just feels so against the spirit of the game doesn't it? it it seems to there's got to be a a bigger gap I think doesn't it there's got to be a wider period of grace because we've said this before some of the decisions can literally go against you because you are unfortunate enough to wear one boot size bigger than your defender it's just little things like that it, that just cannot be what we intended this this game to descend into and, and poor Jeff Hendrick again got what I think probably ended up being a perfectly legitimate goal ruled off again and and you know does it change the game probably not but still it this is a side that's desperate for goals at the moment isn't it
3: yeah the the rule has to change i think eventually hopefully it'll sink in that it's it's not working correctly and it is a combination not just of the um, video technology but also the rule itself and the same goes for the handball one as well I think there's been a lot of controversy uh, yeah, this week hasn't it there enough. in the other matches regarding the, uh, the handball rule so I think it's a case of maybe we need to look at the rules in conjunction with the video technology and see if we can do something to make them both work together better and it's a case of well, maybe in the off-season, they're not going to change it during the season, but in the summer, they need to have a serious look at it and make sure they can get it working properly because it's not good for uh, fans in the ground, it's not ideal for, for fans watching on, on TV, um, and it's leaving a bad taste. I think the, there's an opportunity to improve it, um, use the technology for positive reasons, and in the end, it's the um, the VAR, the technology, that's getting the, uh, the bad press, so... I think we need to take a rethink back to the drawing board um, and see if we can sort it out in the summer.
2: It's damaging the brand, I think, isn't it? You know, they, they yeah. brought VAR in because they wanted to to make this um, perfect game and one that was, you know, the, the purest of, of football. But it's just really damaging the brand. Um, thoughts? Uh, Tom Whitaker, our Tom Claret, uh, major, main panellist, Uh, took us back into Drinkwater Corner for one final time in the the main show this week, Dave. What was your thoughts about Chelsea? Actually, do we know, did they recall him or did we just send him back? Either way, what was your thoughts about, well, A, him going back to Chelsea and then B, straight back out to Villa again?
3: Um, Well, (laughs) I think we we saw what happened in uh, Sunday's match and uh, we were surprised. Well, I was surprised he went straight into their team there were sort of worries about that happening. But in the end, I mean, City are a difficult side to play against the best of times, but I don't think um, he, he gave his best performance uh, in that match. And it perhaps showed why he wasn't getting into uh, to our team. Maybe he'll have a, um, a spell on the bench uh, at Villa before he gets back into the starting 11. I don't know, but he certainly wasn't performing to the level you'd expect on uh, on Sunday. Um, it's one of those things. If, if he does turn his season around and keep them up, then you know you'll think you know what what might have been, um but I'm not sure we can think about that. It's the thing that didn't work out it, it came um it, it had issues to begin with, then there was the nightclub incident and the injury from that, and it just never really worked out. so I think it's a case of um we've cut our losses. Um, and we can't dwell on it too much. We've got to concentrate on our season rather than what's going on elsewhere.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, I guess final word from from uh, before we move on to, to the previous show itself, Dave. Um, despite the depressing news coming out on the 1st of January that transfers were, um, incomings were unlikely, there's been some um, some transfer news this week, which has buoyed us all a little bit.
3: What transfer news?
2: Have you not seen? So we were, we were linked with the young lad, Gallagher, oh. um, the Chelsea midfielder. Yeah,
3: who's we haven't, we haven't signed anyone.
2: Oh, no, you. no, sorry. I didn't <laughs> send you to a mild panic. There. Dave was like, oh, my God, what have I missed before I've come on air? Um, we were in and then we were out. And then we were in again for that young Gallagher lad, the midfielder yes, from yes. Um, Chelsea, who's gone back to the Championship with somebody. Swansea. Know. Oh, is it Swansea? It was at Charlton, yeah. wasn't it, I think. Um, but apparently yeah. we have gone in for um, back to Bristol City for Josh Brownhill and, oh, God, I did this in the main show. Let me try it again. Niklas Eliasson That sounds fine. That sounded right. Young Nicholas, if I've pronounced that incorrectly, then I apologize profusely. Um He'll be listening
3: to the yeah, podcast. Of course sure. he is. It's
2: gonna be his, his new club, so he's gotta brush up on the <laughs> you know he's gotta brush up on the possible news. So yeah, I think we're in negotiations with Bristol City for both of those two. I think the the lions' share of the the money being with the Brown Hill, but um Brown Hill, is that right? Um but yeah, at least we're out there. Um so who knows? We might actually get some some fresh blood in. Who knows? Um, right. Well, let's get on with the show. We've been we've been rambling, Dave. I've not seen you for a week, so we've been catching up on air.
3: You've been rambling. Uh, yeah.
2: Okay. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> um let's um obviously we're gonna have a look at, at the previous show in a minute and start looking at the stats. But before we do that, we have got the matter of the Dave Roberts quiz of the week. Now I believe that you have some quiz news before we get going. What have you done now, Dave? Uh,
3: well, we've got to fess up and issue a very sincere apology to one of our regular listeners, uh, John Robertson. Uh, when we gave out the details of the correct answers to the question we posed in the Aston Villa preview show, uh, we neglected to mention that John had been in touch with the correct answer, and that was an oversight on our part. Uh, not only that, uh, Natalie, you went on to su- suggest that John had been slacking off over now the don't bring period which we now realise... This this is on you. (laughs) We now realise that's an affront to his quiz question capabilities. So apologies again for that. We've been in touch and there are no hard feelings.
2: Okay. Well, now that's all out of the way. We just need to obviously get on with the quiz question for this week. Um... That's going to be at the end of the show, and we're now going to give you the answer to the last one. Now, I think when we did the Chelsea preview, you asked the question, when Burnley knocked Chelsea out of the Carling Cup on penalties in a fourth round tie in November 2008, the Clarets finished the match with 10 men, but which player was sent off during the second period of extra time? Who was it, Dave?
3: The correct answer was Stephen Caldwell. He was uh, Burnley captain on that night in West London. And he was, of course, a special guest of the No Ne Never podcast. We did a, a one-off podcast, uh, which was recorded and broadcast back in May 2017. Uh, and perhaps he was inspired by No Nay Never as he now co-hosts his very own football podcast called KJ and Caldwell.
2: Yeah, I see. Look at that. No, no, never. Launching careers left, right and centre. Um, I did not know that. I don't even remember somebody being sent off that game, never and I wouldn't have guessed it would have been Coldwell either. I don't remember Coldwell having a particularly It was
3: late on. Late on it? about four or five minutes to go in uh, extra
2: time, yeah. I don't remember having, remember him having a particularly poor disciplinary record, so maybe just took one for the team. Was I it think. Of those so, kind yes. of, oh, yes. okay. Well, we will um will we will we go and have a check that out? I might go check it out. I think we will check it out and we'll report back next week. I'll tying that in my head then. I was like, I was just about to, be, enthusiastically, enthusiastically, we'll, we'll check out KJ and Caldwell and report back next week and then I doubted myself. Um, now, I, I wasn't able to get the right answer, obviously, but um, did we actually get any correct answers, young Dave?
3: We did. We had an array of correct answers from our very knowledgeable listeners. Uh, we had Peter Jones who had been in contact with the correct answer, as had Rob Thomas and also... Let's not forget this, John Robertson again.
2: Again. Um, young Rob Thomas um sent us when he sent his, his uh, answer in, he threatened to um go on Garden Leave from the quiz answers because he said he was you know he didn't want to get it too monotonous and, and be giving the correct answer every week. Rob, don't leave us. Don't leave us. Stay another day. Do you think that will convince him, Dave?
3: Mm, possibly. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not golden
2: right <laughs> listeners you can tell dave and i are in a little bit of a feisty mood this evening i think we've been uh, we're a little bit tired and we're a little bit uh being a little bit funky i think so let's let's get on to serious matters now this is a serious preview show and we have a small matter of leicester city at home which is being played this sunday listeners don't turn up to turf more on saturday sunday the 9th of january 2020 at 2 p.m. 2 p.m.
3: And it's on Sky as well.
2: And it is on Sky. Well, we don't want to tell them that, Dave, because we want them to come to the ground. Come and cheer the boys on. We need some some help. We need to get behind these boys and make some noise in the ground. So, listeners, Sunday, not Saturday, 2 p.m., not 3 p.m. Opposition Stats. Getting on with the show, Dave, why don't you tell us What has happened since we met earlier on in the season?
3: Right, well, the Clarets met the Foxes at the King Power Stadium exactly three months ago. Uh, Chris Wood looked like he'd scored an equalising goal when the Kiwi netted eight minutes from time. But the decision taken by the VAR to overrule the goal cost us dear. Johnny Evans' theatrical swan dive, just as the ball was about to cross the goal line, was deemed to have been a foul, robbing us of a valuable point. Following that match, Leicester City were in third place with Burnley in eight. Leicester have maintained that momentum and remain in competition for second place with Manchester City as runaway leaders Liverpool go for their first top-flight title for 30 years. Burnley, it's fair to say, have struggled more in the intervening three months, to the point where we're looking more at the bottom three places than harbouring realistic hopes of reaching the top half.
2: So what about um, going obviously to the... um... The actual uh, team itself. Um, what, what's what been the heaviest Burnley defeat at Turf Moor against Leicester?
3: Uh, well, six of Leicester's 13 wins at Turf Moor have been by a two-goal margin. That's the best they can boast. The most recent of these was at the end of March 2014, when both teams were fighting out for promotion and the championship title. On that occasion, the visitors won 2-0 in a match where Sam Boat suffered a crucial injury that ruled him out until the very end of that year. Uh, However, both teams were eventually promoted, with Burnley finishing runners-up to Leicester at the end of the season.
2: So, what about the biggest Burnley win?
3: Uh, A slightly bigger one, this one. Uh, Burnley's biggest home win against Leicester is by a five-goal margin. uh, But that dates all the way back to 1907, when we beat Leicester Foss, as they were then known, by five goals to nil in a second division game.
2: Um, What about the final one, then, of the three? The Burnley's last win.
3: Uh, we don't have to go back too far for that one, Burnley's last home victory over Leicester was a 2-1 win in April 2018, this is again a home win, these are matches at Turf Moor, uh, early goals from Chris Wood and Kevin Long in the first 10 minutes gave us a quick 2-0 lead and despite a second half strike from Jamie Vardy we held on for all three points that day. Yes,
2: um, tell us all about last season's meeting then please Dave.
3: Uh, yeah, last season, uh, the last time Leicester City were at Turf Moor was uh, last March. Uh, they reduced 10 men when Harry Maguire was sent off for a professional foul on uh, Johan berg uh, But the visitors took the lead with a James Madison free kick before Dwight McNeil scored an equaliser of the car- Clarets just before half-time. Substitute Wes Morgan was the unlikely match winner, though, when he popped up in the 90th minute to score a goal and steal all three points for City.
2: And tell us all about the Leicester City manager. Uh,
3: We're not going into too much detail on this because it hasn't changed since uh, the reverse fixture. They're one of the teams uh, who managed to keep hold of their manager. Um, And Leicester fans seem to think that Brendan Rodgers is doing a fairly good job as he approaches the first anniversary of his appointment, which was back in late February 2019.
2: Yeah, a quick side note on this one, Dave. I'm genuinely surprised that Brendan Rodgers hasn't been tapped up for a be a good job, and I, I, I don't mean to sound disrespectful to Leicester when I say that because actually they're now starting to position themselves as quite a powerful club in the Premier League. Um, but one of the traditional sort of top four, top six sides who've had a bit of a, a managerial merry go round. I'm quite surprised really that they've not uh, his name's not been mentioned more.
3: I think it might possibly happen in, in the summer. If yeah, I think going you're probably right. Assuming there's an available. Yeah, I'm
2: sure position. there will be. Um, head to head, then, please, Dave.
3: Uh, yeah, Burnley's all-time home record against Leicester City in all competitions stands at played 56, 130, drawn 13 and lost 13. That gives us an all-time home win percentage of 53.6%. And that's marginally better than the 50% average in all past matches against all this season's Premier League clubs. So it's slightly better against Leicester than we are against the pool of all the clubs we play this season uh, but for top flight matches only uh, our home record stands at played 25 won 16 drawn six and lost three and that's an even better win percentage of 64 percent
2: excellent okay well moving on to our new feature for the second half of the season um, we're looking at those good old celebrity fans celebrity fans
3: Uh, Yeah, for Leicester City, these are the famous names we've found with links to this weekend's opponents. Snooker player Mark Selby, various members of rock band Kasabian, TV chef Rusty Lee, former England rugby captain Martin Johnson, actor David Nielsen, who apparently plays Roy Cropper in Coronation Street, but I wouldn't know that because I've never watched it, Uh, X-Factor winner Sam Bailey, uh, as well as TV presenter and crisp fanatic Gary Lineker although he's a well-known former Leicester player as well. Uh, Please bear in mind, some or all of these names will not be regular hardcore City supporters, but do get in touch with us if you spot any of them in and around Turf Moor this Sunday. And one other thing to mention is that all visiting Leicester City fans are being issued with a free snood, despite it being one of the mildest Januaries in living memory. Make of that what you will. Uh, what? Had you not seen that? No. The, the the club Leicester City. What? <laughs> Leicester City have uh, arranged they've done it before with scarves and t shirts and whatever. This weekend they they've arranged on all the seats in the cricket field stand, they're gonna put a free Leicester City snood for all the uh the travelling Leicester City fans. I can um, tell you stunned. <laughs> I, genuinely
2: don't, I don't know what to make of that. I, that's the most I'm looking at the website now. I well, flippin' heck Oh, (laughs) OK, let's move on. Who is uh, the man in the middle, please, Dave? Dave, why don't you tell us who our referee is? Uh,
3: Anthony Taylor will have the whistle on Sunday. He was the referee for the last draw at Turf Moor, which was way back on 2nd of February 2019, almost a full 12 months ago. Uh, In that match against Southampton, he failed to give a penalty for a cast iron foul on Ashley Barnes in the first half. Uh, that was one where he berated the uh, linesman, if you remember. Uh, but he did oh, eventually yeah. grant, he did eventually grant Burnley a last-minute spot kick for handball, and it was Ashley Barnes of all people who scored to who scored the goal, scored the equaliser to salvage a point right at the end. Uh, David Coote will be the VAR for this match.
2: Yeah, uh, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a misses our Ashley any he? as he goes in for his hernia operation. I yes. mean, he needs it doing. Um, we need him back fighting fit. But I guess my only thing with this well actually it's not going to do because we're already two games into this hellish run um, it's probably not going to be back yet by the time we've got those key games in the middle of this run um, what's it called is it Southampton Bournemouth and Newcastle so we do hope it gets well soon we, we certainly need a, an Ashley Bournes battling um, that's not all is it Dave I know you and I know you just can't help yourself you're going to delve into that bank of stats that you have there and give us your miscellaneous stat of the week Statman Dave's
3: Stat of the Week. Yes, this week's miscellaneous Stat of the Week is it's now over 15 years since a competitive match involving Burnley had to be abandoned. That was on New Year's Day 2005 when Leicester City were the visitors to Turf Moor. There was heavy rain prior to kick-off and it continued as the match started. After 20 minutes, large pools of water began to appear to the point where the playing surface looked more suitable for ducks or fish than for footballers. So referee Graham Laws decided to call in to proceedings. When the game was eventually rearranged and played again in March, it was once again a goalless draw when the full 90 minutes were completed. Since then, of course, we did have an abandonment of the pre-season visit of Hanover 96 to Turf Moor. That was in August 2017, after trouble caused by the visiting supporters in the cricket field stand. But the Leicester match was the last time a competitive Burnley game had to be abandoned.
2: Oh, that's a good stat is that, I remember that game You do pull some good ones out um, I do, do.
3: I, I was poorly <laughs>
2: That was a good one
3: I was poorly, I, 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 it was a game I shouldn't have gone to And I did And uh, I got soaked going back to the car And I had a really bad chest infection afterwards
2: We've all been there Dave, we've all been on turf When we shouldn't have been um, It's funny how a, a common cold Or a little bit of man flu can render you unable to go to work for the day But literally like I'd be on death's door and still turn up at Turf Moor. <laughs> Sometimes some yeah. you just don't miss. Um, what are your thoughts on, on the game at the weekend, Dave? Are you feeling confident? Is there any hope whatsoever that we can get anything from this game?
3: Uh, of course, there is. The game kicks off and it's nil nil at the start. That's a, uh, a given. Um, <laughs>
2: Thanks.
3: And I think, <laughs> in I case think...
2: our listeners didn't know, <laughs> that's how <laughs> the game football <is> works.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Mansplaining again. Sorry. Yes. I know. Um, <laughs> Um, it. I, I, it's one of those. I think home games, we have we have to get some points uh, on the board at home. It's a good opportunity. Leicester, we know, are a really good side. They've done really well this season. Um, they've got a decent record against us. I don't think we have too many wins. I had a couple of wins against Leicester, but going back home and away, it's only like only 2 in 16, I think, when I looked at the uh, stats for that. So they do seem to uh, conjure up wins against us, um, including ones at Turf Moor and even uh, last time with, with 10 men. Um we, we're going to need to be on our uh, A game, really, on, on Sunday. But I think on, on our day, we're capable of doing it. Um, Ashley Barnes, as we said, will be a, a miss, but it does give an opportunity for, presumably, Jay Rodriguez to come into the side, perhaps, assuming he's uh, available to play. I think he's been training again this week. Um, yeah, it's fine so, now, I think. Yeah, so all, all being well, we'll have a, a slightly stronger side out. I think the illnesses and, and whatever will have cleared up. Um, and we can go out and do our best on, on Sunday. and. We, we, we dare I say we don't have a very good record in front of the uh, the TV cameras i've got an awful record in the last i think 10 games we we beat tottenham uh, at home a televised match i think we've had 10 televised matches since then and we haven't won one of them we've drawn one and lost 10 something like that of the last 11 televised matches it's it's horrendous but um that goes out the window it's it's 11 against 11 on sunday and we're going to give Leicester a good game and hopefully get behind the team and have a good atmosphere on Turf Moor as well.
2: Oh, you're very optimistic. You're very optimistic. Give me a goal prediction then. Score prediction um,
3: even. I think we'll sneak it 2-1. Wow.
2: Dave, this is impressive optimism. Flipping heck.
3: Blind optimism.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, you got to back your boys, especially at home.
3: Yeah, definitely. Fantasy Premier League Update.
2: OK, we're going to end this week's show, as we always do, with a look at the much-loved, highly competitive and very coveted, no and ever Fantasy Premier League. Um, Dave, we've got last Saturday and Sunday's matches to look at. Um, why don't you let us know the movers and shakers and what the top of that league looks like?
3: Yeah, in terms of the top three, John Sutcliffe has maintained his lead at the top uh, with Bennett Howarth, aided by a team name change, as we mentioned last time. Uh, up to second place, and Max Robinson is another non-mover in third place. Uh, Richard Steele leads the way among the regular members of the podcast team, but there's peril of foot at the foot of the league table. Your team, Natalie, the Dingle Bells, are still in 163rd place. That's just one place from last, but with just 32 points scored in the last game week, the gap to 164th and last place is now just 11 points. The gap closed from forty to eleven in just one round of matches. For anyone who's still interested, uh, my Burnley stats team climbed back up five places to one hundred thirtieth position.
2: I am not going to lie; I am losing a bit of steam with the fantasy football. I am no longer interested. <laughs> I don't like it when I am getting beat. <laughs> I am a bit too competitive. I've got my competitive head on, and I am like I am bored now because I can't win. So, never mind. Um, talk us through some dream team stats, then, please, Dave. Who were the the best players of the weekend?
3: Well, Manchester City's emphatic victory over Aston Villa included a hat-trick for Sergio Aguero, and his 20-point haul last week not only not only earned him a place in the Dream Team, he was also the highest-scoring player uh, overall last weekend. And another milestone was reached as Kevin De Bruyne became the first player to reach a total of 150 points for the season. Uh, he overtook Jamie Vardy as the highest-scoring player in the process, so well done to all those managers who've had uh, Kevin De Bruyne in their dream in their uh, fantasy team since August.
2: So, what about Burnley players? Have we got some stats on how well our team are doing?
3: No, I didn't bother looking at that no.
2: And <laughs> we completely gone away from that sorry for the inter- interruption folks by the way I just had a cup of tea delivered to me while we we're on air so apologies for the background noise there um, I'm going to have a look at this now considering that young Dave is not doing his job properly uh, all players Burnley, total points Nick Pope and Chris Wood are joint top um, they were with, like yeah, with 77 points, who's the worst um that's a little bit tough. Yeah, Kevin Long's got one point, but um, hmm. Vidra's got nine. So who's the worst of the regular lot? I guess Taylor and Good Munson have got twenty and twenty-six. They've both been injured. Barsley's twenty-seven, Brady twenty-eight, Lawton twenty-nine. Oh god, there's quite a big jump then, actually. So we've got sort of like the lower performances of Lawton, Brady, Barsley, Taylor, and Good Munson. And Aaron Lennon then it jumps from twenty nine right up to forty points and forty-two for Rodriguez and Peters. Um and yeah, Ben Mee, Ashley Barnes, Westwood, McNeil, Tokos, you know, it starts climbing up a little bit. So there you go. I look after you listeners, tell you about some Burnley stats.
3: It didn't change much from last week because uh those two were on top on seventy-five points. Um, uh, ah, okay. Chris then. Wood. And then they've gone both they both got two points last week and they've both gone up to seventy seven.
2: There you go. See. Let's complete it. Um, well, as there are midweek games next week, we're going to take a short break from the Fantasy Premier League in our next preview podcast, which will be Manchester United away. But we'll be back with another update when we record the preview show for the home game against Arsenal, which is at the start of February. So um, stick around for those, and we should have quite a tricky, uh, tricky little update as we start coming into the, the, the what's it called the latter part of the season. Home straight. Home straight. I don't think we're at the home straight yet. Yeah. I think the home, straight is, the home straight for me is going to be when that City and Spurs game are done and everybody else we've got to play for the rest of the season is just easy. Not easy games, but winnable games. That's the home straight for me.
0: Yeah. Stacked Monday's question.
2: Okay, and finally, before we leave this week, we have, of course, this week's quiz question. Dave, why don't you tell our listeners what they're dealing with this
3: week? Uh, Well, this week's quiz question relates to a match we mentioned earlier uh, in this preview show. Uh, When Leicester City beat Burnley 2-0 at Turf Moor in a vital championship game in April 2014, the visitors sealed their victory with one goal by a former Burnley player and another by a player who would later go on to play for the Clarets but can you name them both or have I stumped you?
2: I can name one, can't think who this, I think I can name the player who was the former Clara cause I think that's pretty obvious because if I'm on the right lines, this particular former Clara always scored against us. Um, so I think, obviously don't, Dave's not going to give anything away on air, so I think I know who the former one is. Can't think who the, who the one would be who would go on to play for us. I'll give that some thought. How do our listeners get in touch, Dave, and tell us their answers?
3: Uh, well, these are the best ways to get in touch with us. Uh, firstly, send us a direct message on Twitter. That's at No Nay Never. Uh, you can also email us, podcast at no nay or you can reply on the post for this preview show on the No Nay Never Facebook page. And we will, of course, reveal the correct answer to our latest quiz question at the start of our next preview show.
2: Thanks, Dave. Um, We are going to try and remember to tweet out the question as well, because me and producer Matt keep forgetting to do it. It'd be a nice little way to get some more interaction with the preview show. Um, Now, before we leave this week, Dave, I believe you've been um, asked by some of our loyal um, listeners to give a few um, community announcements out.
3: Uh, Yeah, just a couple of things to mention. Um, After a break in the period between Christmas and New Year, the Clarets for Food Bank's collection points will once again be in place around Turf Moor ahead of kick-off this Sunday. Uh, You can leave your donations of tinned food and other non-perishable items in the wheelie bins, which are located at these locations around the ground. Uh, Firstly, near to the Away Fans entrance on Harry Potts Way, uh, also on the corner near to the club shop, and also by the bag search point close to the rear of the cricket club. Uh, Donations will be very much appreciated and distributed through the Burnley Community Kitchen in the centre of town. And there's just one final reminder about Sunday. It's been designated as the In Memoriam match. Uh, This was established back in 2013 to remember those former players and supporters who died during the past year. There'll be one minute silence prior to kickoff with names being displayed in the programme and also on the big screen. So it might be worth trying to get into the ground just slightly earlier to make sure you're... uh, in position for uh for that just before kickoff
2: absolutely always a moving game as well one that's uh, a good time for reflection and, and trying to find comfort in some happy memories to anybody who's been affected um this year that is all we've got time for for this week's preview show um the uh, main team will be back on uh the main podcast team sorry we'll be back on tuesday uh, actually we'll be back on tuesday we might be back later on in the week actually because we might wrap up um, Leicester and uh, United sorry in one podcast we'll keep you posted on what our plans for the podcast are next week but both Dave and myself will be back next week for the preview show of the United game I think we're going to try and record that over the weekend aren't we Dave and get that out ready yeah. for Wednesday's game and then it's going to be a very quick turnaround as we then um, try and get the Arsenal preview in as well so Dave and well, no, we I
3: we've got the cup match before that haven't we?
2: Oh yes, of course we do. Yes, we have the Norwich have game. Yep. Which, yeah, we're not, um, we aren't previewing, are we? Because we're going to have Norwich twice this season. We thought it was a bit too much to have three Norwich preview shows. So yeah, we'll have a break and then we'll come back for the Arsenal game. Thank you, Dave. Yep. Always got my back with fixtures. Always, and especially this week because I was quite convinced and eagle eared. I'm not even sure that's a thing. Eagle eared. Um, listeners to the main podcast will have heard of me keep saying lester away um i'm quite convinced i'm going to turn up at the king power on sunday um and it's not it's 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 at home um thanks as ever go to producer matt for getting this podcast out for us um again to band joyce for the music that supplies for all of our podcast my main thanks reserved as ever to the absolute legend who is dave roberts who puts in a phenomenal amount of work for this podcast and it's just a joy to be part of even though i am a massive passenger um if you've got any questions comments suggestions anything that you want us to cover then you know the drill you know how to get hold of us otherwise we'll see you next week this has been the pre be sure brought to you by the Non and Never podcast until next time
0: Away days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for McDonald's maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery